What is up, everybody? This is Recap Rewind. I'm Jay Lag, and this episode is recapping and reviewing Riverdale Season 4, Episode 3, and it's called Chapter 60, Dog Day Afternoon. This episode, I am joined by a special guest who has stepped in for NMB this week. He runs his own Riverdale podcast called Rethinking Riverdale. He's a good friend of our podcast, Postmaster Radio. Welcome to Recap Rewind. Well, well, well. Hello, everyone. J-Lag, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. And guys, don't forget to stay tuned until the very end for Recap Roundups. Our MVPs, our LVPs, our best in WTF moments and best lines. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Just as an FYI, we also have a contest going on right now. So if you leave a review for us at Recap Rewind on iTunes, you'll enter into a contest for a chance to win $50 gift certificate and a pop socket. So to enter, all you need to do is just rate and comment on our iTunes page and you will be entered in the draw. The contest ends December 11th. So make sure you guys check that out. As always, to our continuing listeners and our brand new ones, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Let's get into the episode, y'all. All right, let's do it. Yeah, so, uh, Postmaster, what did you think of the episode on a general level? Uh, you know what? It was actually a really good episode, and uh, not just for yeah. the fact that the forum storyline is finally done at last. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I know. I'm honestly very relieved about that. Uh, but I guess everyone For sure. just about really nailed the episode, honestly. You, j Yeah. I think I really like the episode as well. I think that uh, I agree with you 100%. I'm so glad that they got rid of that farm storyline. I'm glad to have Alice back in the fold. Um, and I'm just interested to see if there is any more residual stuff coming from the farm. Or is this done, done, and we can just move forward, move on with our lives. I'm still a little bit iffy about Polly and what she's mm, going to be yeah. doing. Um, but outside of her, I'm happy with how things kind of concluded. Um, it is interesting. Anyway, we can talk about it a little bit later. But yeah, of course. Even, yeah. you know, even characters like Evelyn wondering if that's going to be a situation that is going to come back at all or is it just complete and finished? I know that RAS had mentioned that by episode three, the farm storyline was going to be finished. So yeah, true. that so, is what happened. Yeah, so maybe they'll just leave it there. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so before we get into the full episode and break it down, um, I wanted to mention the title of the episode, which is Dog Day Afternoon. As you know, uh, you know, Riverdale likes to do uh, kind of throwbacks to actual films in real life. So this one is called Dog Day Afternoon, which is also uh, the title of uh, the same name from a 1975 American neo-noir crime drama uh, starring Al Pacino, where there is a hostage scenario. So they probably picked up a little bit of that vibe from that movie because obviously there is a bomb involved this episode which is kind of crazy very crazy um, yeah yeah so we'll take it right from the top we'll start from the very beginning um it starts off with monroe and i guess now i feel a little bit more comfortable because they stopped calling they completely stopped calling him mad dog so i'm okay with calling him Monroe now. I mean, of course, Monroe's really a good name. I don't know why, I, though, I just got so used to calling him M Mad Dog. I know. I agree. I think that there's... It's definitely going to be a hard habit to break, but yeah. um, I think I was okay with it this episode. No, I mean, like, I'm get, fine with I'm fine with the name it. change. It was finally nice to get to know his real name, but again, it's, it's just going to take some getting used to. 
for sure. Um, yeah, so Monroe and Archie are boxing, and essentially the first thing that Monroe says, and this is kind of the, his storyline this episode, is Monroe's really worried about his brother. His brother is still living in a shady area, and he pushes Archie to start this community center this episode. He's like, okay, let's. are we doing this? What are we doing? Um, and Archie starts to think about, you know, how he's going to get there and what what it, what he needs to, to get there. So that's how the first the first scene starts. The next scene um, shows Jughead moving into his dorm room. Oh, I love uh, which this was kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah, that was adorable. Um, we get a really adorable bughead moment where, you know, uh, it's everybody. FP comes with Jellybean, but also Betty comes and she kind of sends him off. She she reassures him that this is the right decision and it was really cute obviously all the bughead shippers are living right now they're so happy with what what they saw there um and then it moves to the andrews residence right away uh where it we have archie and veronica just talking she mentions to him that she since last episode she decides that she doesn't want to change her name to gomez but why because it didn't oh, feel oh right <laughs> i mean i mean here's I'm the pop- thing I'm you're pop- a comic book reader right Oh, sorry. So, like, you're a comic book reader, so you kind of know that, you yeah. know, the name Veronica Lodge is so iconic. Of and course, yeah. Hearing her, hearing her say Veronica Gomez was kind of weird to me. I get that she wants to kind of change her name. So, no, like, I even still kind of get it, up, it because in the Riverdale thing, Lodge is sort of like a tainted, crappy, uh, bullshitty name. So, I, I can understand it in that context. But, uh, right. again, I just don't understand why she didn't go through it. Sorry, yeah, why she... I know. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, right before school, I think they decide to have a little sexy time. So oh, that was Varchi obviously implied. love this one. <laughs> As usual. Yeah, I feel like they're still that sexually driven couple, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. Uh, so then it cuts back to the dorm room and Jughead meets his new roommate oh, Marmaduke Moose is back <laughs> Moose is back so what did you think about the fact that Moose is back in the fold and how he kind of came back in uh I I thought it was actually fine I did think at first that maybe this wouldn't be like it wouldn't really last long but right hearing about everything that happened with him like especially going through that transition finding out that his dad was the GK I, I don't even want to say the full name anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but it's basically a good fresh start for Moose now, and I think he's really happy there, or at least at the time he was. We'll come back to that later near the end. But yeah, it's for a good sure. change for him. Yeah, I mean, I think I was a little bit surprised that he was going to come back into the show so quickly. And, you know, knowing that he had a romantic connection with Kevin, um, it's interesting. it'll be interesting to see if they try to bring that, resurface that back back in because they, could, they did yeah. they they did leave things on off on a pretty high note uh, with the both of them and their relationship last season so now that he's coming back into the show I'm interested to see if that's going to happen and are we going to call him Marmaduke now there's a lot of name changes this episode. <laughs> so many name changes <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he does mention one thing that I guess carries throughout the rest of the episode where oh, the yeah, character yeah. Brett, which is the guy that we learn, uh, we met, I think, in episode two, he's um, shady. And he says to Jughead, you know, just watch out for Brett. He's really weird and don't trust him, basically. Oh, um, yeah, no. And, the, 
And then it cuts to Monroe again talking about the community center and wanting to build it up. And uh, his uh, Archie's mom. And she always has these like extra sidekick ladies that she has on her roster. I know. So this is right? an, like, yeah. I've never met this girl, right? Like, you've never seen her before. No, just to not at all. That, that we've <laughs> never seen this character before. But uh-uh. she seems to have this whole, like, roster of random people that can help her out. And I'm like, that's amazing that she has all these amazing connections. But, like, who are you? Well, I mean, to be fair, um, we we didn't learn that much about Mary Andrews, like, in past episodes. I kind of honestly... I know this is going back to season three quickly, but the, this is just a quick side note. I kind of wish that the Midnight Club episode had kind of addressed some sort of backstory, even if a minor one for Mary Andrews, at least just to know where the hell those people or like whatever, just a little more. I 100% agree. I definitely agree with you. I wish that they at least included her as a part of the involvement, even if they had her. Cause you know, we even got a, a like a young Hal at the end of last season. Like, you know, at the end of the flashback episode, he was like, he wasn't a part of that um, scene at all. And so, or like he wasn't a part of like the main midnight club at all. So for her them not to even mention or even have an actress come in to show that, you know, Fred moves on and and meets Mary makes me wonder was she even in that high school or they cuz there was, you know, in older episodes there was a known fact that Mary had like a rivalry between her and Hermione mm, because yeah. they went to the same high school. They were always fighting over Fred from the beginning. So it's interesting that they didn't include her at all. So yeah, I agree. We don't really know much about Mary, but now that Fred is gone officially, um, maybe we'll get that this season. Oh maybe yeah, we'll they, we have to. We have to for sure. The time is now. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, so yeah, so uh, Archie's mom comes in and she basically says that, you know, her lawyer friend, you know, suggests all these things. She says, if you want to make this a real community center, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to add a new bathroom and this is how much it's going to cost. It's going to be this much money. So it starts to become more real of a situation, which I kind of liked because I think that in Riverdale, especially, I mean, by in terms of the show, I feel like there's some things that they do really, really uh, fast sometimes. And I'm like, how do they whip that all up together really quickly? But it seems that the community center storyline is going to be like a bit of a slow burn you know he's got to figure out you know the remodeling of the community center then he's got to figure out you can't just um, wrap this up in one episode so they obviously this has to be like a thing for maybe at least half of the season if not the full if not the full season then at least a halfway but yeah they definitely need a lot more time with this one and I want to say that it's going to keep Archie out of trouble, but clearly it doesn't keep him out of trouble uh, this no, episode. No, no. <laughs> uh, if only yeah. it so did. So let's move. I know, right? Yeah. So let's move on to the next scene, which is uh, Charles and Betty, and they are uh, kind of doing their own little FBI in a weird small room, and um, they start to figure out where the uh you know the group is because Kevin had told them where they're staying and um he says something along the lines of um you know we're we're going to try to infiltrate it we we have a spy who's going to come in and pretend to be a pizza guy and uh you know listen in on the call yeah yeah so what did you think of that whole situation and how it all um, kind of entailed, began i mean it was fine. I mean, like, whatever Charles is doing, it's fine. But, I mean, 
I mean, it's tough. I don't want to say this because I don't like the dude at all, no matter how good-looking he may be to some. <laughs> <laughs> but um, eventually, the whole pizza guy infiltration thing, it unfortunately fails, and the guy is right. just basically shot. And then Edgar's yeah. like, why are you using a wire? You're usually more clever than that. I hate to right. agree with Edgar, but he kind of has a point there. You would think Charles would be a little smarter than that. A little smarter oh, than that. 100%. I mean, he's supposed to be working for the FBI. These guys are supposed to be the top notch of the top notch. You know, like, that sounds like something that Cheryl and, you know, Betty tried to do last season <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. they tried to infiltrate the farm. So, you would yeah, think he would know better, but nope. Yes. Nope. And, an amateur move for sure. But anyway, so on the microphone, he talks to Charles directly and he says, you know, Charles, like you said, uh, you're being super sloppy. Um, you have to meet my demands now. And he starts to call all these different things. But he doesn't do that until a little bit later. Yeah, so, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. So the next scene is Cheryl and Tony and they're in bed and they're just, you know, having <laughs> a little I, cute Shoney moment. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, Shoney scene aside, that was a really nice uh, little bit there. But the rest of that scene, I, st I still can't get it out of my head. I'm still thinking, what the <laughs> F? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. So, um, so they hear a noise. They hear a scream downstairs and uh, they both go downstairs and... Nana Rose is standing by the fire and she's just kind of going cray cray like she um, she's like, what's going on? And they go down. So, yeah. So she, so she confronts her. She taps her on the shoulder and Nana says something that's really interesting. And I want to talk to you about this because <laughs> I don't know what to think about it. But Nana is by the fire and she says, I thought I saw the triplets burning in the fire. And Cheryl has to remind her, number one, that it's Dagwood and Juniper, so there's only twins. But my question to you, Postmaster, oh, no. is... No, no, is, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> is there a triplet? Because she mentioned triplets. We know that she had a second twin son, so there was Clifford and Claudius. But is there a third child? You know what? <laughs> Y'all can leave me out of that one. I, I I did not like Claudius <laughs> that much. I do not want a triplet. Ex no exactly way. <laughs> I know. I thought the exact same thing, and I was like, "This is not. This can't be." I hope that it was just her dementia kicking in, and she <laughs> didn't. Yeah, know I'm just anything. gonna. Let's just say that Nana's mind is going, and hopefully, it yes. isn't anything more than that. Let's just pray that that's the situation. If the writers haven't written it in yet, exactly. we're telling you right now, do not do it. Because we do exactly. not need another twin storyline or no. triplet storyline. No, no more um, twin storylines. <laughs> yeah, we're done. So they kind of realize that, you know, Nana might need a little bit more help. So, you know, this is later on when t Tony is t tells Cheryl, like, something needs to change. So cutting back to, um, you know, the core four, I think it's the core four, maybe just the three of them because Jughead's away at school, but um, they're trying to figure out how they're going to raise money for the community center to make that money. And 
of course, our girls, Betty and Veronica, come up with a fantastic idea to do a car wash to raise some money. (laughs) Oh, I loved this scene so much. I know. It is probably my favorite scene of the episode. It was super sexy, slow motion. They have a song. They're singing car wash and everybody's just having a great time. It's sunny and there's, you know, water and abs and people are washing cars. Like there's nothing. uh, There's what else can I ask for? It was great. Well, maybe we could ask for Kevin shirtless next time. (laughs) Clearly did not happen. Something, anything. Yeah, I would agree with that. So um, once they finish, one of my favorite lines from Archie is, oh my you know, he's counting, he's counting the money. He gets the money from Veronica. And he's like, oh, my God, we made because she says we made four. And he's like, four grand. More That's specific amazing. Veronica. I mean, if only if, <laughs> yeah. if only it were four grand. If, only for four grand. So he, she's like, no, it's only 400. Like, chill out. Yeah, Plus, Archie, Veronica. for thinking that it was four grand. Like, you, what's wrong with you? You really <laughs> overestimated the amount of money that you could make from this, yeah, Veronica. Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> so, and it's funny because she continues to come up with different suggestions, but all of her suggestions are, like, sexual-based. So she's like... <laughs> Maybe we could do a magic mic night at, you know, the Bon Nui or like I a mean, full Monty. <laughs> the only performances at La Bon Nui, they've only been like Veronica or Josie or exactly. any, or all of the females only. So I wouldn't right. completely rule that out. I, I don't know about that's, you, though. That's a really good point, actually. I, I'm Like I said, I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. I just... Girl, you gotta figure out another way to make money because clearly the car wash was not the thing, was not the ticket. So they didn't don't really come up with a solution just yet, um, but they'll figure something out later. Yeah, they're on um, it. So it cuts back to Betty at school, and she gets a phone call from Edgar. And he calls using Alice's phone. So she freaks out. She's like, where's my mom? What's going on? And he says, well, we now know that Alice is a spy. So don't worry about your mom. But she, but everybody's going to die if you don't give me money. He asked for like $250,000. Um, he asked for food and a bus for all of the, the church. And... Betty's like, all right, well, I I can't really say much about it, so let me like figure this out. Um, so then it cuts back to Jughead School. Oh, so I like that damn. they kept <laughs> this is fl- gonna flipping. get good. <laughs> this is when it yeah, this is when it becomes a situation. So oh, yeah. first, um, Brett I think is presenting his story. Yeah, and you know, as a circle, everybody's like, oh, good job, good job, good job. And then you know, Jughead is obviously sitting there silently because he doesn't want to speak. And uh, Brett calls him out, and he's like, "What do you get? What do you think then?" Oh boy. And well, this is on you, Jug- Brett. I know, seriously. So Jug- <laughs> Jughead doesn't hold back, and he says it was pretty typical stuff. It wasn't crazy or amazing, and. Um, Brett gets defensive and he comes for his writing too. He's like, well, I don't like your writing either and you suck. And um, you wanted to ask a question, right? Yeah. Uh, This might not really come into much handy, but I was kind of thinking that, I mean, for sure, maybe Mr. Chibi can still be a little fishy, but something tells me, considering Brett's new behavior uh, on the episode, maybe he might have something to do with uh, Jughead's disappearance or something, or at least some. At least some minor role with the flash forwards, but I'm not completely sure. I would definitely agree. I know that NB and I had kind of theorized something similar that it has to do with the school and maybe a situation because we do know that in one of the trailers that were released, as we mentioned last podcast, that 
um, Jughead ends up in some sort of coffin or a box that he can't get out of. So maybe it's a, you know, a, a hazing situation where he gets, you know, pushed, you know, he gets, you know, kidnapped or something um, by Brett. And who knows, maybe Brett is the one that is dead. And that's the blood that they're kind of washing off. Like, we don't really know where this, you know, spring break flash forward is going to go. And so I would agree with you. I think that that could be a potential situation that Brett is definitely involved. And they, you're right. They definitely position him in the sense that he looks like the villain. He looks like someone that could die. And they're, they are investing a little bit more time into him being a, a kind of a point of contention. So it'll be interesting if that's the case. Or Donna. I'm just going to throw Donna real quick. Wait, and really? we'll get to. We'll get to her in a second, but... Yeah, we'll, I, we'll come I'm back to always, Donna later, but I'm not yes. sure she might be relevant to the flash-forwards thing, but you you never know, I, though. Anything's possible. Yeah, I always, I always worry about the ones that are, like, a little bit more unexpected. I was kind of confused that she got any kind of airtime at all this episode, so just because yeah. of that alone, I'm wondering, like, is there... What is... What is there that we need to figure out That's you know true. what's the yeah. situation between all three of them um okay so moving on to oh, charlotte thistlehouse cue the must cue mr muscle the night oh nurse. my gosh we got so lucky this episode there's a brand new schmexy night nurse who has been hired by tony to come in to take care of the house and take care of nana rose and he's this like tall six foot four god, um, you know, Greek god. And his name is Darius, which is like you can't get any sexier than that. Isn't I name. don't think you can. No, no. <laughs> so <laughs> he basically, um, you know, is this new character. Uh, and Cheryl is still a little bit weary, but she accepts it because she knows that Nana Rose needs the help. But her only rule is you're not allowed to go downstairs. You can't go downstairs into the crypt area. Um, it's forbidden. And yeah, we you know, all Tony know even why. Says, like, <laughs> we're, yeah, exactly. Because there's a dead body down there. But uh, yeah. um, so he's like, okay, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So then it cuts to Jughead, and he's back at school, and he walks in on um, Marmaduke. I'm going to call him Marmaduke. Yeah, you might as well. Like, oh, I well. think I'll let you take over for this next scene, Derek, because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to accidentally say anything insulting. But the what you all do right. need to know is that uh, he basically he he is bisexual, and that's all I'm going to leave it for that scene. Yeah. So Marmaduke is he does because he ends up hooking up with Donna, who we just mentioned. She's a part of the writing club or the reading club. And um, as she's walking out, she tells Jughead again to watch uh, her his back ab- ab- around Brett because of what happened um, in the earlier scene. And she says, you know, like, don't you know, don't you don't want to mess with him. And Jughead says, like, you know, I can take him. And she was like, he won't fight you physically, but he will fight you psychologically. So be careful. And yes, back to Marmaduke really quickly. He is a bisexual. I don't know if it's like a big important thing. I guess I could have assumed that because he was with Midge before she died. And then she he flipped to Kevin. Um, and I don't know if oh, I have damn, a comment yeah. on that. I forgot about but, Mitch for a second there. Yeah. Yeah. So he swings both ways. That's that's cool. I I that's it. That's yeah. All we'll just leave it at that, that scene. <laughs> it's a good scene though, guys. Don't get us wrong. It, it's yeah. a good scene. Yeah. It was cool. Um. So then it cuts back to Edgar calling Betty again, and um. Now she's with Charles because uh they're kind of in the same 
area and um he gets she gets a call and then she says you know we need we can't give you everything that you need but could you release a hostage for good faith before we you know figure out all the things you need and edgar says um you know i hope that you were able to come through for me um in fact i did actually release a hostage and that's when polly ends up in like right in the office (laughs) i I have, first of all, I have no effing clue where they are. Like, it looks like they're in a basement. Like, it doesn't look like an office to me. I I, I wish (laughs) I knew. Like, how did she get in? Like, did she, like, bust the doors down? Like, I have no idea. I mean, if Edgar figured out the wire thing, he must have somehow figured out where Charles and the others were. But, again. That's a very good point. Yeah. Edgar's clearly smarter in the situation right now. So, um, Polly in a poncho shows up. She rolls up in her poncho. And before they can take (laughs) a few steps forward, um, she reveals that she has a bomb strapped to her. And um, I do love that, personally, I do love that this scene kind of moved pretty quickly it ended up you know resolving within one you know one commercial break so essentially they see the bomb that she's strapped to and they know that it's timed and you know she's holding a trigger point so charles basically says we have like two like one minute to figure this out there's three wires one of them is you know will detonate it and the other two are duds or like one of them is the one that they need to really cut so betty's just like using her intellect and her like nancy drew skills to try to figure this out (laughs) and she's like it's the yellow one it's the yellow one so she cuts it but it's definitely not the (laughs) yellow one it is which wire which one. wire <laughs> exactly so she just keeps going and instead it accelerates it even faster so now they have like 30 seconds to do it and there is a bit of tension but obviously they're not gonna blow up polly and they're not gonna blow Hell up betty no. so Hell so I, no. I wasn't super worried about it but um of course in true riverdale you know Betty Cooper fashion. She uses her bobby pin oh, to, yeah. uh, you know, she when pulls it out bo- of her hair. When has that bobby pin it. not helped her at all? I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, gets her out of every single situation exactly. possible. Yeah, I did. I did love it. I was like, all right, I'll take it. This is already a ridiculous storyline, so I'm gonna move on with the fact that she was the one that was able to, you know, undetonate this bomb with a uh with a bobby pen all right i'll yeah. take it what did fine you what did you think of that situation? you know what consider it was fine actually anything to get that scene out of the way before the madness yes. continued right because it does get crazier like somehow it, it gets even weirder so uh going back to the reading class um we have our man mr chippy telling the whole class saying um, I'm going to give you guys an assignment. You guys have to sit in this test format and I'll give you the entire story except for the ending. And you have to finish the story with your ending. The best story is going to win. And so clearly that's kind of Jughead's current rivalry and what he's going to be doing this episode. Um, and then it cuts back to Monroe and Archie. And Monroe is like very very adamant like he's like we need to do this right now oh, um, yeah. he needs to get the kids out because <laughs> apparently there was some sort of weird drug bust and there were people being recruited the kids were being recruited at the arcade and 
he mentioned someone named Dodger, um, who is recruiting the kids outside of the arcade to deal the drugs and do all the bad stuff. And I don't know if you know this reference, but Dodger is also a character from a very classic Charles Dickens book, Oliver Twist. I actually did not know that, no. Yeah, so Dodger Are the two characters similar, I'm guessing? Like, luring kids into their uh, damn businesses or something? Exactly. So Dodger in the books or yeah, Dodger in the book is a he's a pickpocket. He's a bit of like a street thief. And Oliver Twist becomes one of the orphan, one of the many orphans that Dodger kind of adopts under oh. his wing to be like bad kids. And then Oliver obviously is the one that gets away and he ends up getting adopted at the very end of it. Spoiler alert. But the book is like 500 years old. So get over it. Um, so <laughs> there. So Dodger is going to probably be that character, the one who is kind of in influencing the kids he's definitely going to be the villain i think for archie this season oh he has Um, to be yeah Uh, he was actually cast sorry if you don't mind we actually found out that yeah archie's uh, line of nemesis it isn't over yet i he he seriously though he has way too many enemies i can't even remember i know he just can't like one pot one's down and then they got like three more pop up so like yeah. clearly, Dodger is now the new Hiram, I guess, of the yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, as you'll find out, unfortunately, this isn't going to be the last only episode for Dodger. Uh, I think he might actually, he might actually, maybe will be back in uh, the next episode, but I'm not quite sure yes. yet. Maybe we'll come back to that later. For sure. Um. So. At this point, Archie's like, so because Monroe's like, we need to stop this. We need to get them out of there. And Archie says, we need to do something about this. But I don't want you to be involved because Monroe has a, you know, he has a a criminal record. And if he gets caught doing something criminally, he will go back to jail. So Archie says, don't help. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. So now Archie is going to do something stupid. So yeah, good for Archie. I I actually (laughs) thought he was going to agree with Monroe for a minute there. I mean, he doesn't always make the best decisions. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I mean, I mean, he could have gotten himself into some serious shit this episode, but he didn't. So (laughs) yeah. Anyway, I mean, he probably will later. Anyways, moving on, we'll talk about um, Polly and Betty again. So they it cuts back to that scene. Polly talks to Betty. She basically says, you know, like, sorry about everything. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to need tried- a lot more stories than that, Polly. <laughs> I, I agree. And that's the Useless. thing. With Polly's character, <laughs> we can talk to her. We can, let's talk about her really, really quickly because we don't see her for the rest of the episode. She's not helpful whatsoever. No. No. Um, do you believe her? Do you think that she's evil? Like, what What do you think of her current scenario and her situation? Uh, oh, boy. It, I would say... It's a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not evil because I she didn't seem that willing to, like, have a bomb strapped on her and to just right. go to the FBI thing. But at the same time, and I apologize if this makes me sound heartless in some sort of way, but I actually kind of wish... That maybe somehow they could have, uh, maybe not have killed the character off, but at least ridden her out for a while because I don't know what to do yeah. with her anymore. I I really I mean, don't. I would agree with you. I would be just I would be just as heartless or even more so ruthless and say that they could have just killed her off this episode and just been done with it because yeah. at least we would have been like, oh, that's too bad. The problem is, is because we don't care about her anymore. It wouldn't have mattered if she died or not. If she blew up, we would have been like, oh, that's too bad. Belt Polly's dead. 
but she's just kind of lingering in the back corner and I don't know what her purpose is anymore. No. I don't know if she's, mm-hmm. you know, we do know that originally the actress left the show to pursue another acting role, but I think that that show is now complete. So Polly's now b- can come back into the fold. She does have, you know, a brother-in-law or I guess a half-brother as well. Yeah, that's so true. I guess they, they can't could- leave Polly out with, with uh, Charles in a picture, so I guess they have to include her somehow. Exactly, like she's still a sister, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cooper family because now it looks like there's like four of them, you know, Alice is coming back, like they don't have a home, so it'll be interesting to see what she decides to do. She'll probably just end up going back to San Francisco or wherever the hell she was. Um, anyway, so Polly basically says Edgar is uh, got this plan. He wants everybody to die. He's going to um, use a bus to like fly off a cliff or something like that. Like it's something just like that. All, yeah, yeah. It's basically all drive the bus off of a cliff, and then as we find right. out later, Benny and Alice are going to be like tied to the front. Yes. Yes, and Alice. I, yes, Alice is the one that explains the story. But basically, Polly at this moment in time says everyone's gonna die. Um, that's kind of like his purpose and his goal right now. So you guys better keep moving. Yeah. Um, so then it cuts back to Veronica and Betty, and Betty's trying to figure out what to do with this money situation because she also has a deficit. She needs to come up with two hundred fifty thousand dollars for Edgar. So it's funny because Veronica kind of just like turns to the corner and she's like does it have to be money or like does it can it be something else and so she looks at this collection of the glamourge eggs and she's like you can use these this is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. um they're worth a lot of money and um betty's like okay cool thanks what did you think of the fact that they brought the glamourge eggs back into the storyline you know what no comment it's fine <laughs> okay it's <laughs> like, fine and that's the thing it's funny that you say no comment because i think it's one of those things where at this point in time there were so many ridiculous things that they had added in to the story that I, I I just feel like I need to laugh at the fact that they tried to make them more secondary and be like, don't worry, this was for a reason. Like You know what? I, I can't blame you for, for thinking reason. that. I can see where you're going on that. Yeah. So whatever. So she she takes the Glamour J eggs. Fine. Cool. And then she goes to Betty. Or sorry, Betty the, goes the, to Tony. Yeah. And um, she now has to ask Tony for all of these passports, these fake passports, because... Tony can hook her up. So she's like, okay, cool. I'll do it. And now she goes to Miss Bell, who is the secretary of the school, and she asks about, uh, you know, getting something off of a bus. And Betty's like, and, you know, Miss Bell says, you know, the the buses are closed now. We don't, we're not running them anymore. The person who's using it is gone. And Betty's like, okay, cool. So obviously she breaks in, probably uses her bobby pin to start the car. I mean, why wouldn't she? I mean, I kind of wish they had showed like some footage of that even for a second, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Fine. I'm like, timing? Cool. Fine. So she steals a bus and then she goes to the compound. And as she's leaving, Edgar reappears and he says, you know, he has this whole moment with Betty. He's like, I wish that you were more, you know, aware of yourself because we would have asked you to, you know, come up and be a part of the congregation. Oh, yeah, that and old junk again. Exactly. And yeah. at that moment, that's when Evelyn comes up behind her and knocks her out. So just as a shout out to us, when we first watched the trailer, we were right. It was Evelyn all the way back then when we did the reaction video for uh, the very first trailer that we got, because we do see Betty get knocked out by somebody um, and it was Evelyn. So 
they take her the like the entire congregation goes back inside then it cuts back to the boarding school so um they're back there and the whole class including jughead is writing for this contest and Brett is basically pushing way too many buttons. He's yeah. being extremely aggressive. Too many personal he, boundaries there. Way too many personal boundaries. So he basically calls his mom a drug dealer, which technically she is. No, I mean, it's true. But at the same time, those <laughs> yeah. are the things we think in our heads. But don't say out loud, genius. <laughs> exactly. That's a great way to look at it. So he he's coming for Jughead the entire time. He's like... You know, you're a, you're a loser. I wouldn't understand criminals because none of my family are criminals. Your sisters are like a, a budding criminal. He just he, he just rags on his entire family and his upbringing. And that's when Jughead hits his boiling point and he um, grabs Brett and he like shoves him over a desk and he warns him. He doesn't beat him up, but he definitely like strongly warns him. And everybody in the class is like, Oh shit! You probably shouldn't have done that. Something's gonna happen now. Damn! And, um, I actually thought he was gonna hit him there if it wasn't for Stonewall Prep's uh, no violence uh, tolerance thing or whatever. But yes, yeah, that's true. I I do have to applaud Jughead for keeping his cool because I feel like if Archie was in that situation, he probably no, yeah. would have lost his mind. Better Jughead so I'm glad than Archie. That- yeah, exactly. I'm glad that Jughead like kind of maintained himself. And uh, one of the best things that he says is, "Why don't you try writing a compelling drama instead of starting it?" And yeah, that I feel was like a really good that, line. Yeah, I feel like I need that on a T-shirt or something. I feel like it's a very, <laughs> very good way to look at life sometimes. <laughs> like, why don't you, uh, you know, think of something before you like start shit? So oh, yeah, that's anyway. a pretty good idea, actually, Jay Lang. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it cuts to Veronica's. Uh, place she it's back at the Prembrook and she hears like some like classical music playing and so she walks in and she's like is Smithers here and it's not Smithers it turns out that daddy's home oh boy yeah. <laughs> I, so I'm she, not even surprised anymore this is still his own jail anyway yeah so exactly yeah. and that's what he kind of explains she's like what are you doing here why are you here and um he's like I own the jail. I can come and go as I please. Like, it's all basically a joke. Like, I don't give it. It doesn't matter. And so he goes on to explain that he found out that she is planning to change her name to Gomez. And uh, she just goes in on him. She was like, that name is trash. And I would rather, like, remove it from my, like, name. It's, like, it, it's dirty. And he tells a little story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which this is I a thought good was... Very interesting. He says that when he was younger, he was uh, named Jaime Luna, which I thought was kind of funny. Not that I'm knocking anybody who's named Jaime Luna out there, but... I know now why he changed it to Hiram Lodge. No, yeah, clearly, yeah, of course, yeah. What, I mean, <laughs> what kind of a name? Is, is, like, Jaime Luna is a good name, but not exactly one to strike fear in people's eyes. So no, no wonder def- he changed it to Lodge. <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. So he, so he does tell the story. He's like, I changed my name. I made my own name. But he's like, I remember that my dad was so infuriated when he found out that I was planning to change my name. And now I understand the same 
like frustration because you want to change your name now. And so he's like, how dare you change it? This, this and this. And he finishes it off by saying changing the name won't wash away the blood and the sins and the family legacy. Like, yeah, that's this a, is painfully. So that's actually a good point there. I mean, it's not like changing the name's actually going to do any good. I mean, exactly. if the pop, if, I mean, if last week's case, if the paparazzi were able to get around to Veronica's partial involvement in Hiram's crimes, then who says that Veronica's name change is not going to backfire? Exactly. Agreed. Um, so cutting back to Archie and Mary at home, uh, she talks to Archie and she's like, uh, oh, no. do you want to come back to Chicago with me? <laughs> like, no, I feel no. like you need to come. Back I here. did not like Mary Andrews in that moment. I, I thought she would have been a little more supportive for Archie and the community project. Right. But Again, when you think about it, it, this is real life. I mean, it's not that easy for something, and you never know with these businesses. So, fine. But Mary, you need to be a little more supportive to Archie. You, we, right. you really do. See, the one thing that I will say is I'm surprised that they even gave her this angle in this episode. I thought that she was just going to come in and be like the doting mom and like you know support him and move to Riverdale but it seems like they wanted to maintain this idea that she was eventually going to be bringing um him back to uh Chicago with her and you know she was just kind of I guess getting him ready to go or like there was no not even a mention that she was going to be leaving and I'm like if she leaves like is he going to be homeless or hold on hold on hold on obviously they wouldn't do that because uh, right who else is going to parent Archie I mean who else exactly And that's the thing. I was like, I wasn't really sure where the whole Chicago conversation even came up because it was never... I know that she mentioned it, like, seasons ago when Fred was still alive, but um, now that he's dead, like, why are you taking him away from all of his friends and his family? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So, true, but to be fair, Mary's, like, actually concerned for Archie there. And it's true. I guess she's a little more strict. Fred was, I guess, more supportive of right. Archie and his stuff. Mary being a little more realistic. So it's fine. Yes. Good point. It, Good point. Yeah. Um, so he obviously says, absolutely not. I can't leave what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I do want to build this community center. And Mary's like, well, I guess I agree to disagree. And because of that conversation, Archie decides to leave and go and find the criminal. And there goes his moral sense. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, is, you know, literally Mary in one sentence is saying, and I love that you said that, you know, you were a little disappointed in her. However, she's like, I don't want you to stay here because you're going to get into danger. And what does he do? He climbs out a window with a bat and (laughs) confronts a bunch of gangsters. So she does have a good point. She does there on that department, especially with the crime in Riverdale. That never really goes away anymore yeah i mean i feel like it's always going to be there in that town because they need some conflict so he leaves and he ends up at the arcade which we see the outside of the arcade and he sees a bunch of um you know i guess gangsters in front and they are all being led by the main guy dodger um and he is he comes up to them and he's he's holding a bat and he's got a mask on his face and he says i want all all like all of you guys to like be get out of Riverdale. This is just and reminding me of Arrow, like a vigilante parody or something. Yes, <laughs> it's so true. And I like there's a lot of things that I have to say about this. One of them being the fact that it was so vigilante, and obviously we've already done the red circle situation. Yeah, I've so had I was wondering. About that. Me too, and I wonder why they even brought that back into the storyline. I hope it means something later on. Yeah, to be honest, I, I kind of was a little afraid that this was going to happen because I remember in yeah. the uh, the Comic-Con trailer, I think Archie and Veronica were sort of talking about something similar 
Veronica was like, what, are you going to be a full superhero now? And Archie's like, nah, but I'll need a mask. Right. So unfortunately, that gave me that suspicion. And speaking of mask, I I don't know what the heck Archie was thinking with that mask, because I could still clearly see him. (laughs) It's even worse than, it's even worse. Yeah, but it's it's even worse than Oliver Queen's mask. I mean, that was barely invisible at all. So what the hell, Archie? (laughs) It's so funny. It's, that's very true. So, um, so he basically like tries to take on, so even Dodger says, he's like, what are you going to do? Beat us up with your one bat? There's five of us and one of you. And he's like, I'll take my odds. And then he beats them up and then it cuts too. Like, and we never get to see it. We never um, do. But you know what? He beat up a bear last season. This might be nothing. <laughs> I, I'm just going to accept it like, at this point. I, like, And that's the thing. I wanted to just say like, okay, I guess we're going to run with this. We're just going to accept that that's the reality of Archie. He's suddenly like superhuman strength. Like he can, he's like a ninja. Like he can kill everybody in one second. I, but I was like, it's a little considering the, the fights that we have seen. Yes. Super unrealistic. He could have gotten killed like in this moment and been done. You know what I mean? So I feel like it, it felt like weird, a weird placement of the situation and the fact that he got away with it relatively unscathed and with a bag of money, which we'll talk about in a second. Well, not exactly um, unscathed. I mean, we did see like some marks on him at least. So like a little shiner, but I feel like he's gotten beaten up in worse, like, you know, in, in more easy scenarios. So that's why I was like, how did you get away from five people? Like, that's a little much. Yeah, um, anyway, did, he, did Archie even tell Mary about what happened afterwards? Because like in the next not. scene, Mary, <laughs> she's not. clearly unaware of Archie sneaking out. I mean, like she should have yes. learned from Fred going back to season one. Um, yeah. So but, as yeah. you remember, Archie was uh, he ends up sleeping, I think, at the boxing, the boxing ring. Yeah. Um, because this is when Veronica goes and visits the Angie's residence. And she says, here's money. I want to give it to Archie. Like, he's not going to take it from me, but we I want to give it to you so you can take it for him. And um, Veronica essentially uh, I think this is the moment where Veronica and Mary, who in honestly like haven't had a lot of scenes together so i was no, glad they that they put no. them together um and they're talking about uh archie and how you know he he really embodies like hope and faith and um you know in a time where veronica is really going through some shit with her own family um i think that she definitely says like i'm investing in archie i'm not investing in a building i believe in your son and you should too and that's kind of what i think really changes mary's mind by the end of the episode which i really liked um but i was gonna ask you what do you think actually i'll ask you about i'll ask that later because they do have a scene a little bit later so anyway, let's move on to Cheryl. And uh, oh, so we can just skip that one. <laughs> like, real she just looks at Jason and she's like, I don't remember leaving you there last right. night. Who exactly. the hell did this? <laughs> just, just so she up. starts to freak up, freak out a little bit. We'll get back to her in a second. So it shows Archie uh, and Monroe walks into the boxing ring or I don't know, the boxing center. What do you call that? Do you call uh, it a boxing? I don't know. Uh, like arena? <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> Tomato, tomato, whatever it is. Exactly. So um, Archie was sleeping on the couch. He wakes up and Monroe's like, what happened to you? And he's like, I beat up five people. They're never going to find us because I was wearing a mask. We're good. And I'm like, every single sentence that he was saying, I was like, problem, problem, problem. (laughs) (laughs) And on top of the fact that he beat five literal gangsters. What is he, a ninja? um, 
with his like super strength ninja like abilities, he also stole all of their money. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like this uh, is going to be no. a problem. So yeah. um, this is when Monroe asks Archie, you know, like what, what do we do? Like, you can't just use this money. It's dirty. You need to get it cleaned. Do you think that Veronica can help us? Veronica can help us out. And we'll talk about that in a second because yeah, I do yeah. have a lot of things to say about that as well. So it cuts all the way back to school, uh, Jughead School. And it turns out that our girl Donna, uh, surprise, surprise, is the actual winner of the writing competition. And Jughead and well, Brett well. are... Pl- are tied for last place. And this is what I mean, like, Postmaster, is there must be something with her. We do get, like, a very extended, long look from her at some point. It's not, like, a conniving or evil look, but it's just, like, a lot more focus on her. So I'm wondering if she could either be a victim or maybe she's somebody that we can't trust. Like, I don't know yet, but there must be a reason why we've had her... Uh, introduced into this storyline and it's not just because you know Marmaduke is hooking up with her there's yeah that's definitely true. something more to her I guess there has to be a bigger purpose with her I agree so um so yeah so Jughead and Brett obviously are last place clearly their emotions got to them and that's why they wrote a shitty story um but cutting back to what is really like important I don't know if I could say important but the most well, high storyline getting closer to getting this Bull crab out of the way at long last. <laughs> yeah. So Betty and Alice look at it. Yeah. So Betty and Alice they're tied up in a hotel room, and uh, oh my god, I I can't even believe this scene. So again, Alice yeah. explains to Betty the entire plan. You, you already know what that is already. The whole uh, driving the farmies off of the cliff, and Edgar yes. is going to fly in away in a stinking rocket apparently <laughs> that he's been building. <laughs> okay, because apparently harvesting organs isn't enough. I don't. I, I don't. Yes. I don't get this anymore. I thought it was totally insane. When she said rocket, I was like, does she mean like a real rocket? Does she mean like a rocket in his mind? And when we saw the actual rocket, I was like, oh, my God, it's a real rocket. <laughs> like, yeah. She wasn't joking around. So uh, when they find this out from Evelyn or no, sorry, they don't find this out from Evelyn. No, 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 no. Um, uh, Alice is the one that tells her this whole situation. Yeah. They are like, OK, let's get like, let's figure this out. We're we're going to get out of here. So. Let's cut back quickly to Cheryl's place, uh, Thistle House. And um, this is when uh, she freaks out on Darius. So Darius Uh is like, bye bye, Darius. Yeah, poor guy. So we. Uh, he he basically says that there's rodents in Cheryl's house and they need to do a full fumigation and, you know, we need to go into the basement and this and this. And as soon as she finds out that Darius was even, like, mentioning the basement and Cheryl loses her mind and she's like, how dare you go down there? I told you not to go down there. You are fired. And my question to you is, so Dario, Darius gets fired, but my question is, why would they bring this adorable handsome man into this situation and then take him away from us you know so what he soon. has to he has to come back at some point there has I to hope be so. some, I hope he has to come back i, I don't like, know how he's gonna come back maybe tony's yeah. just gonna like secretly hire the hire the poison again but <laughs> yeah exactly i i don't know but hopefully he comes back we'll see yeah um, then this is, uh, it cuts back to the whole farming storyline, Betty or sorry, Evelyn walks into the room and she's like, okay, ladies, it's time to go. But clearly they've broken out of their chairs. Betty decides to knock Evelyn out 
And this is one of also one of my favorite moments because it's Same such a badass here. moment. This was awesome. Yeah. So Betty and, you know, Alice are like, you know, walking down the hallway. They're like, yeah, we like kick some ass. They steal her gun. There's a really cool moment where, you know, Betty like, you know, takes out the, you know, all the bullets and she like flips it back into the gun in slow motion. She's wearing like a fun little beret. I was living for it. It was so much fun to watch. Living in Um, the moment, (laughs) J-Lang. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So that's how they kind of get out. But I was like... Like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, they all, everybody knows who Alice is. Everybody yeah, knows sure. who Betty is. Um, so the later scene did kind of confuse me. But anyway, yeah, we'll I mean, get to they, that sure, they would show other stuff related to the farm. But yet they don't show much of the fighting. They don't show much of the escaping in this episode. Right. I wish I knew why they did that. Yeah, same. Um, I guess I feel like it's a timing thing. So yeah. anyway, I mean, so maybe, we'll, sure. We'll cut back to Veronica and Archie, and they're at the Bon Nui, and um, Archie basically says, like, is there anything that you can do with this dirty money? And Veronica tells him straight up, like, you can't do anything with this money. This is blood money. It is dirty. You cannot. You you should just burn it. Um, And again, Veronica says, like, I can help you. Um, and she urges Archie to kind of take the help because she says something really interesting and she says, I need you. Like, I, I need you to be that person, that rock, that, that good person in my life. And I wanted to ask you now, since we're here, um, what are your thoughts on Veronica and Archie and their relationship right now? Like, what do you think about um, their dynamic, where how she's leaning so heavily on Archie? I know that she's done it in the past, but it sounds she like has, she needs yeah. it even more this episode. What did you think? Well, uh, tough to say. I mean, I guess maybe she would kind of need it more. I mean, first of all, dynamic-wise, of course, uh, Veronica and Archie, they do they they definitely had, have a good thing going. I really do love the Archie ship, one of my favorite ships in the show. But at the same time, doesn't Veronica have Betty as her bestie or anyone else, really? I mean, Archie isn't the only person that can probably cheer her up. So I agree. I don't know. I mean, I and that's the thing. I feel like it's in the writing. It sounds like they're really pushing them so hard together that I'm just worried that they're setting them up for... A potential issue in the future, in the near future, even. Well, um, they did. They did have some drama of last season, anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they did that again. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like like we've been saying, NB and I, even though it's an unpopular conversation, they need to shake up the ships a little bit. They need to, you know, change it up to make us feel like there is a change in the dynamic because her relying so heavily on Archie, as much as I think that that's something that you should do when you're in a relationship and you have a boyfriend who you want support from, um, they're definitely making it an obvious situation that she is desperate for his help and desperate for who he is and... and um, maintaining that symbolic hope and goodness um, that I'm wondering where that's going to go. Like, is he now, now that he has his dirty money, is he the one that's going to con- like, you know, corrupt her and make her do bad things? And then is she going to realize oh, that? No. Hell you know, no, like, that cannot happen. That cannot happen yeah. at all. No, it'll be weird. But 
because we don't go back to it, I do want to know um, what your thoughts are on this dirty money. Because there can't be a reason why they mentioned it without bringing it back up. Like They're definitely going to have to bring uh, up this dirty money. And I mean, the fact that Archie decided to steal it like a dum-dum. Yeah, but how would they bring that money back up? I mean, they're not just going to keep it and let Dodger steal it back or something, are they? Like Because that's the only thing I can think of. That's probably... You're probably exactly right. That's probably exactly what's going to happen. He's probably going to say, I'm going to give me my money back and either Archie's going to burn it or he's going to say like, no, you can't have this money. So that'll, that will likely be the scenario. So yeah, stay tuned for this fake money that, you know, Archie stole. Cause he's, I don't know why, but anyway, um, let's cut back to Alice and Betty. We're almost guys. We're getting closer and closer yeah. to the end of the farm. Yes, story. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Right away, they're they're trying to get people on the bus. They're trying to like make it seem like it's like you know a business as usual. Just you know get everybody on the bus as it was planned. Um, as they're doing this, um, the one thing that we do notice is Fangs oh, sees yeah, no. Betty, and he like scream. He's about to scream traitor and call her out, and yeah. um, she knocks him out. And she's like, just that was still good to see though, badass Betty. That was really not- he deserved it honestly. He deserved it. He deserves all the hate that he's going to be getting because I don't know what they're doing with Fangs' character, but they are destroying it probably just as poorly as they did to Kevin's character. And I'm a little yeah. disappointed because I do love the actor. I think he's a cutie. Um, so I'm just sad that he he's like still brainwashed and annoying. But you so, know what? Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe he'll be on the path to redemption soon enough. I mean... The farm is donezo as of this episode, so maybe maybe he'll be back to normal eventually. Or I maybe am he'll hopeful. be killed off. I definitely am hopeful because they wouldn't have just brought him in for no reason. But at the same time, I'm like, Fangs, just go away at this point. Like nobody needs you. You're still brainwashed because you're a dummy. And like I don't, you. He never. The the problem. The difference between yeah, yeah, him yeah, and yeah, Kevin yeah. is. We had enough, you know, backstory from Kevin to care that he can come back into the fold. Whereas with Fangs, he was already like a C-list character. So it's hard for us to get behind a character that's doing bad things when we already weren't really rooting for him from the get-go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I know what you mean on that. So we'll see what they do with Fangs if he even is a part of the show anymore. Like, we don't even know. Clearly, we know that they, like, get rid of full characters like Josie and the Pussycats, which right. we don't want to talk about anymore. But um, NB's not here, so I can just say it real quickly. But um, <laughs> NB, uh, anyway, is she, are you, is she gonna get it? Is she going to give it to you next week for saying that sort of She's, thing? <laughs> maybe. She might. Um, so... Anyway, so Fangs gets knocked out. Alice, uh, at that moment, she sees Edgar from, like, the stairwell. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go after Edgar and you deal with the situation down here. So Betty, at this point, calls Charles and she was like, we need to, uh, you know, get these guys out of here. And Charles is like, don't worry. We got, like, all these armed guards and all these people are coming. And I was like, hey, why couldn't you just, uh, you know, (laughs) do this Without having to get Betty to come in by herself. Like, wh- I didn't understand why they he waited so long to bring in his people. Like, he's an FBI agent. I mean, I'm why not questioning is- it. This is Riverdale we're yeah, talking honestly, about like, here. You're right. I shouldn't question it. I've just had one one quick bitch moment. But anyway, that's that's what happens. No, no, no. It's fine. No, it's understandable. Like- I mean, you would again, you would think <laughs> Charles would be more competent than that. Exactly. 
exactly, exactly. So um, anyway, so Alice goes after her after Edgar and really quickly we do see um I know that you mentioned it in the notes but oh, yeah, uh, no. it's the I really our, wish the they didn't principal. show that part. I really wish they didn't show that honestly. Why did you why did you think that? I mean I mean it's tough to say. I mean uh, I don't know. Maybe I just thought that it wasn't as as important of a scene as what could have been shown plus not that I faint from, like, blood or bandaging or anything, but right. I don't really think we needed to see Waldo's finger cut off right. in that I moment. Mean, I mean, at least he I, didn't seem as brainwashed because he did He did kind of regret his actions as to farm. Yes. And as Betty's saying, this is his last moment of redemption. So right. in that sense, fine. But uh, I don't know, honestly. This gave, me, seeing... this, gave me, this gave me mixed feelings, to be honest with you. Yeah, at the very, I think, I think what we are seeing in the scene are the characters that will likely be coming back into the fold, and he does get a bit of redemption. So if he does accomplish this properly, and you know he's walking around with his fingers cut off, he can potentially be the principal again once Mister Honey disappears. Because I'm sure. Uh, I mean, can he? I'm sure. I mean, we all know Waldo uh, wasn't that yeah. useful. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. But he is a classic character, so we'll see. Yeah, true. Maybe um, they could at least bring him back somehow. Maybe not as yeah. principal, but they've got to. Right. So um, then we see Alice, and she chases Edgar all the way up to the rooftop. And this is when <laughs> she sees his crazy at his ultimate level. So he is wearing what I can only describe as an evil Knievel, like, Outfit. It actually and, was Evil Knievel. I was reading about this. The whole locket yes. thing, and partially his costume too. It was based on Knievel's. Uh, what was it? That jump over Snake River Canyon or something? I'm not. I don't remember. I mean, in the actual stunt for Knievel, it was more of a motorcycle that looked like a rocket, but still, it was an interesting reference there that I ended up finding about uh, a little while after the episode aired. So I guess fine. It, it, it's a good one. It's a good enough reference. I mean, yeah, I think that you know, Evil Knievel's. Uh, He's always been iconic in the sense that he was like this crazy stuntman and he was True. such an extremist. So yeah. I, I understand why they gave Edgar that look and that feel. Um, they also use it in a Kanye West <laughs> music video, um, Touch the Sky, which we all know how <laughs> Kanye has been in the last couple of years. So yeah. it's definitely that like out of this world mindset kind of, you know, extremist uh, situation. So as much as I was like, what the F is happening? <laughs> because why are they giving him a rocket? I was also like, this feels like an appropriate way to end this crazy ass storyline. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. It does. <laughs> you know? um, so uh, before, so they have a little bit of a standoff. Edgar kind of talks her, talks to her for a second. And then he's about to pull out his own gun to shoot her. And this is when Alice finally ends the storyline by shooting Edgar dead. He's Victory! Dead. We can oh all God. celebrate and pop some champagne. Oh Such a I huge hope... weight off of my shoulders. Exactly. I, I'm not going to lie. Envy's going to come back and she's going to be so happy that it's over. I'm so excited for her to find out that it's all done. Yay. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think we're just very happy that it's over. So moving back to kind of the conclusion of the entire episode. Um, so this is Mary and she's visiting Archie at the boxing ring. And this is when she tells him the whole story. She says, listen, I'm going to stay in Riverdale. I'm going to, you know, like, 
I'm going to stay here indefinitely. So this is when she officially becomes a season regular, I guess. Like, this is, like, her official I guess so, announcement yeah. to say, I'm going to be here uh, for as long as they pay me. So um, she also says that she's going to help him uh, with the community center. She says, I'm going to make sure that the legal side of things is all ready to go and good to go because I know that that's not something that he wants to deal with. Um, so... Yeah, I think that that is that is how that whole scene ends. I was really happy the way that yeah. it all concluded. Pretty good redemption there for Mary. Although, uh, you might have been thinking about this in the notes, J-Lag. Uh, did yeah. you think she was actually going to leave Archie for good? And that's what I mean. I feel like, was she actually considering leaving him by himself in Riverdale? Or was she always going to consider saying, you don't have a choice, you're underage, and you can't stay here anymore? You're going to come back with me to... Um, Chicago, like, was that her whole? It's really tough to say, but I don't yeah. know. Um, so, so that happens. It's a cute little moment, and then yeah. it cuts back to Veronica and Hiram, and she visits him in jail, and she has a little announcement to make. Oh, so yeah. So she decides, she says to Hiram that she's going to now change her name to Veronica Luna. What did you think? Of you know what? This I, 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 I know we've been saying this all all throughout the podcast, but I'm just gonna say it again. So many damn name changes today. I know, I know. It's actually ridiculous. But you know what? It's a really good change, I guess. Especially if it pisses Hiram off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she, that's basically her only goal. She's like, I'm gonna change it so I can piss your ass off. Um, yeah. But seriously, though, it, it does sound good. Veronica Luna. I mean, maybe not yeah, large, but I'm still. Down. I'm into it. It's cute. I'm into it. Um, and uh, she also says, additionally, I'm going to be changing all the locks. I'm going to be installing alarms at the Pembroke so you can never come home. And so, she's going to be apparently sleeping with a taser under her pillow. And you yes. better believe she'll use it. <laughs> so she's ready to go. Yeah. Um, then it cuts to Cheryl visiting Jason again. But this time, she sees something moving around in his stomach. And she sees a rat literally emerge from his stomach. And then she starts screaming. Oh, that's just, wow. So oh. disgusting. I was like, oh. Um, and because of the scream, Tony comes down the stairs. I will say... Um, I like you know what it's about it time Tony had to discover it at some 100% point. it's about time I just wish that they like gave us a little bit more higher stakes I wish that they they cut to Tony being like what was that I need to go downstairs and maybe edited it in a way that made us feel like it was going to be this buildup of a moment true instead, but maybe it they... was like sorry go on go on like instead it was like she's like ah and then like, Tony just comes in and she's like, oh, you're here. Oh, my God, there's a dead body. Like, it was very much like, it. I just, I'm, this is just me being nitpicky, but I think that it could have been definitely edited in a way that would have made it feel, because they've been building up for the past, like, you know, three episodes. That's true, yeah. And I was like, okay, so how is she going to find out? When is she going to find out? But like, in all Tony seriousness, maybe the reason they didn't edit it like that is because they wanted to, maybe they just... Wanted this to make us feel unexpected that Tony would just barge in and right. somehow. I don't know. I don't know. This is, again, guys, this is just me being nitpicky. No, no, um, no. I respect your opinion, Jay Lag. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. So uh, let's cut back to the prep school. Oh, and no. Poor this Moose. is when we find out about, you know, Brett's crazy psychological warfare that, mm-hmm. you know, Donna had mentioned. And. Uh, he essentially writes a like article about Moose 
Um, and I guess, I don't know, maybe he's changing his name back to Moose by the end of this episode because he exposes him for everything. And he's like, his dad was the fake, uh, you know, Black Hood. And this is what's happening. And this is who he is. And so now Moose's whole life is like yeah. now back in shambles. Everybody's I, I honestly him. don't know what Moose is going to do. Is he going to stay at the thing? Is he just going to go elsewhere and hopefully maybe start his life over again? But Right. Yeah. I mean, I Jughead and Moose, they hit it off so well in the beginning of the episode, though. I mean, yeah, I I, again, it's I, tough to say. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where they fit him in. Is he going to stay on, in the prep school as a support to Jughead? We we will see. Yeah. Um, and then the final scene uh, is Jughead and Betty back at the Cooper residence, and um, you know she's just kind of giving him the updates like everybody's good, everybody's back at the you know like the farmies are now released and everybody's happy. Her like you know Alice is happy, whatever. Um, and of course, when you yeah. say that everything's going perfectly and we're all good, that's like the yeah. la- famous last words. And it just reminds me of Cheryl again when she said earlier yes. in the beginning of the episode, "We're doing just fine." And then cue Nana Rose yeah, screams. It's yeah, so true. But seriously, yeah. so at the end of the episode, uh, a, the doorbell rings and there's yes. this a VHS in a bag or something that's apparently titled yeah. Famous Last Words. And I guess that's going to come into next week's episode. Maybe these right. videotapes will be popping up all over the town or something. So I don't know if it's what is said on the tape that it says Famous Last Words or if it's I just I think I remember Jughead saying, saying that when he was she looking does, at the he, tape. So he does say Famous Last Words, but I think it's just because right before that, Betty had said, like, oh, we're good, sorry. we're okay. perfect. Anyway, oh, never mind. Maybe yeah. it is. Maybe it is. Who knows? We'll you see. know what? I, you might be right on that one, actually, Jay. Like, true. Like, again, like we were saying earlier, famous last words. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that kind of plays out. But we don't get to see what's on the tape. But we all know, based on how we found out how Jason died through a video, that probably nothing good is on this VHS tape. Yeah. You know, actually, hold on. Speaking of videotapes, before we go on, is it just me or... And this actually just popped into me now, not when I was watching the end there... But did that give you some sort of a 13 Reasons Why vibe, at least for Ooh, season one? Ooh, love that idea, actually. That's a very that's a very good point. I mean, VHS is very, like, 1980s, 1990s uh, to me. So it would be interesting to see if they they kind of go in that you direction. You never know. But like, I don't know. That's a great you point. You never know. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, I think we're ready to get into our recap roundups. Let's do it. Recap roundups. Best, best moment. All right. So what was your best moment? Uh, you know what? I think my best moment would have to be Jughead, Jughead's comeback against Red, especially with the whole, uh, why don't you write a drama, not start one. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really powerful moment for me. For sure. Um, my best moment is going to go to the car wash because that was, uh, fun and cute and everybody was sexy and I was living for it. So I'm down for that. WTF moment. What was your WTF moment? Well, I did have three at first. One of them was, uh, seeing Waldo's cut off bloody finger. But then the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that's not really surprising. Whatever. We knew the farm was cutting them off. So I think my WTF moment would have to be either the whole... Nana Rose triplets in the fire, yes. or or seeing Polly in that poncho thing with the bomb reveal. <laughs> yeah. One one of the two. 
really quickly since we are i know that we already mentioned it a little bit earlier but the triplets in the fire is definitely something that we should keep an eye on i would be very interested to see if that becomes another storyline because if it is um we might be signing off indefinitely <laughs> oh no no don't do that <laughs> um my wtf moment uh, my WTF moment is going to uh, I'm I'm the same. I had a couple. The first one being Archie beating up five people because I was like, what the f? Like, are you actually telling me that he was able to su successfully kick five people's asses with one bat? Like, come on. And also, I think it was hilarious that we got a reveal of um, you know Hiram's real name being Jaime Luna. Oh yeah. I was like, that was also a WTF moment for me. As well was, um, you know, Edgar deciding to fly in a rocket. Oh, there, boy, yeah. There were <laughs> a lot of WCF moments this episode, for sure. MVP. MVP. Uh, what was your MVP? You know what? My MVP, I think it would have to go to Alice, because this episode really served as a good re redemption for her. Yeah, I agree. I think that considering where we left Alice's character off last season, I'm glad to see her back on screen. I'm glad that she's not crazy anymore. I'm glad that she was an informant this entire time. I'm... I'm ready to have her back for sure. Me too. Uh, my MVP is going to be Archie. I not sure why I wrote that down actually, to be honest. But let's just ignore the has... part where he beats up five people, and we'll yeah, call exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Especially <laughs> since that was my WTF moment. But it probably does have to do with the fact that you know I am proud of him outside of the fact that he beat up those guys and is about to start probably a lot of drama. Um, I will give him the fact that he is kind of on the straight and narrow in the sense that he he wants to build a community center. I think that's really cool that his character is trying to move towards something that's very positive for the community. You know, that's you true. Know, yeah. It's a Good moment that I know that, you know, Fred would be really proud of. So I'm I'm like, you know, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with his character. I don't think that they're going to take him to like this extreme level because we've already seen that. So maybe we'll get something nicer this this season. LVP. Who's your LVP? Oh, definitely Fangs. 100%. Oh my god, yeah. For sure. He was a waste character this episode. So disappointed that he like betrayed everybody again. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you. Um, because mine was also Fangs slash the other person that I had on my list of LVPs is Charles. Because oh, yeah. really like to be completely honest, what did Charles do this entire time? Like really honestly name one thing that he was actually successful in doing. I mean, like, really? Like, outside of giving access to uh, Betty to figure out everything else, he didn't do anything so far. Well, he did um, do, like, a couple of things at least. I mean, like, he sort of guided... I mean, he, he is at least smart enough to be in the FBI, but at the same time, I can't, I can't really argue with you on that. Charles wasn't yeah. exactly as useful as Betty in that storyline. Like, Betty killed it. Charles out here, like, doing nothing. I'm like, all right, well, if you're gonna be a pretty face, like, at least take your shirt off. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> oh, actually, that might be something. Do you think we'll see Charles shirtless at some point? <laughs> Maybe. I'm down. Um, you can't rule it out. <laughs> exactly. The, the best, best line. line. What was your best line? Uh... Oh my god. I, I have two, actually. One of them was uh, Veronica when she was saying, uh, I believe in Archie and he makes me want to believe in myself. And then the other one, again, I mentioned it in Best Moment. Going back to that, why don't you write a compelling drama instead of starting one line? Yeah, really good line. I love that line. Um, mm. I'm gonna take the line that uh, Veronica says to Hiram where she says, 
I've never taken out the trash, Daddy, but I know when something's rotten. Oh, and I'm like, yeah, true. <laughs> like, she says two things in that sentence. One, she's never taken out the trash in her life. And two, that she knows that things are rotten. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just thought it was... I just thought it was funny writing. Um, I'll give them that. Um, but she always gets these randomly complex lines. So it was just funny to listen to. Um, that is our episode. Really quickly before we finish this all off. Really quick announcement. Again, um, I'm going to tell you guys about the contest that's going on right now. If you leave a review for us at Recap Rewind on iTunes, you'll enter into this contest for a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card and a pop socket. And again, to enter, all you need to do is rate and comment on our iTunes page and you'll be entered in the draw. The contest is going to end on December 11th, so you have a bit of time, but get in there as quickly as you can. And once we get your name in there, we're going to draw on the 11th and call a winner. And um, also, I would like to take this time to thank our patrons of the episode. The Rewinder Squad, White. We have our Lit Rewinders, Tina Ann, Sarge, Serena, Slay, uh, Kate, and Jessica. And our Mommy Rewinders, Becca, Sarah, Tamala, and Grace. Thank you guys so much. And if you guys would like to join our Patreon family, check us out at patreon.com slash recap underscore rewind. If you join, you'll get access to all things Recap Rewind, exclusive contests, content, and updates. And... Finally, thank you so much to Postmaster Radio. Thanks again. Before we finish off, how can people reach you um, on your socials and how can they get to your podcast? Of course, yeah. So for any of you guys that need to catch up on my Rethinking Riverdale podcasts, uh, you can find them on Spreaker and definitely Spotify as well. And for the socials, uh, well, you know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. In fact, I will be dropping another new Rethinking Riverdale podcast this coming Friday on Spreaker and Spotify. So can't wait. Awesome. And also make sure that you guys are checking us out on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. And you can also find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Like, subscribe, follow, review, and comment to stay engaged with us at Recap Rewind. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.